We do have a guest speaker, and I made sure that Alex would mess with my voice a little bit for this one, at least the microphone, not my voice. But if you guys can give a warm welcome to someone you guys know, Randy Don Giovanni! Hey! I always wanted to be a UFC announcer, just throwing that out there. All right, thank you. You hold your tongue pretty good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel so far back. Here, let me see if I can pull this up a little bit. I'm not Mike Benson, but let me see if I can make this happen. Stand up, somebody said. <laughs> my brother-in-law, man. Yeah, I can always depend on you. It's <laughs> oh, it's an honor to be here in uh, my home church um, with family, brothers in the Lord. I want to share something today that I think every one of us wrestle with, and I know you probably saw the title already. The mind versus the heart. I, I, I think that it's, some people says I don't mind if you don't mind, but my heart is not where it should be. How many have ever had like uh, pains in your heart? Anybody ever? Not a heart attack, but how many ever have pains in your heart? Like, and what I mean by that, by pains in your heart, let me just explain this real quick. How many have ever had a pain in your heart? Like something's disappointed you, or a child has not been. Uh, forthright with you or, or somebody's disappointed you how many people have ever even in your job your heart has been heavy like how could somebody do that to me and you know I, I learned a long time ago not to point fingers at anybody else because it comes back real quick um, but the heart I think the heart in our culture I will start off with this and I'll preface everything with this being a video I think the problem in our culture today is not just a mind issue it's a huge heart issue I think it's a hard issue. I think people don't understand. How do you train somebody or talk to somebody in the things of the Lord when they have no idea or no clue what, whether their beliefs are, what their beliefs are? And our culture is a mess today. Our, how many would agree? At least maybe you could disagree. It doesn't matter. I, I'm just asking. I, I know that I'm seeing as I'm traveling all over the country, there's a heart issue. I mean, you see it in restaurants. You see it in people's lives. You ask them a simple question. I ask questions all the time like, hey, I'm going to pray for my food. How can I pray for you? I don't need it. I'm good. It's like, man, I, I, I remember one way just I said, I'll be frank with you, you're not that good. <laughs> and she was like, excuse me? I said, no, I don't talk about your service. You haven't even served me yet. I'm talking about there's nobody that good. Like nobody, I don't care who you are. And then she broke and she's like, how, who are you? Like, how do you know that? And I said, it's not that I know that. It's just that nobody's that good that you can actually say, come on, John, we can actually say, I'm that good. Listen, man, we, we, we're lying to somebody because people that know you, like, if I asked your wife you're that good, she'd be like, mm. Don't ask my wife, but she'd be like, mm. I'm just saying straight up, so we're good. So I want to talk to you in, in Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4, there's this Ananias and Sapphira. There's a great name to name your kids right there. You're going to have another child, Ricky. It's going to be Ananias. Here we go. Um, yeah. Let's go with 32 real quick, and then I'm going to go to another part of the chapter, too, another part of another one. It says, all the believers were in one heart, verse 32, one heart and in mind, and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, uh, the apostles continued to testify the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in all of them that they were no, there were no needy persons among them. Could that, was that, wouldn't that be cool? If you just did what the Lord told you to do. From time to time, those who owned the land and the houses sold them. And they brought the money from the sales. And they put it at the apostles' feet. And they distributed it to anyone who had need. Now, Ananias chapter 5 
And in, uh, I mean, Acts chapter 5. Acts chapter 5 is where two people get really busy here. Now, a man named Ananias, together with his wife Sapphira, they sold a piece of property. And with his wife's full knowledge, he kept back part of the money for himself. And he bought, brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has filled your heart? That you have lied to the Holy Spirit and kept for yourself some of the money you received from the land. Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't that money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? See, what made your mind think of doing such a thing? You have not lied to just human beings, but to God. I'm telling you, mind versus the heart. Like, what would cause a man to think after he knew what the law was? He knew what was happening. He knew what, the, what was being told and what people were doing. How does this happen? When Ananias heard, when Ananias heard this, he fell and died. Like, I'm telling you real quickly today in, our, in, in life, if God was to do like that, there'd be a lot of us gone. Come on. Like, hey, Lord, you're gone, Okay. And here's what happens. Then great fear seized all who heard it would happen. And some of the young men came forward. They wrapped up his body and they carried him out. Verse 7. This is unbelievable. About three hours later, his wife came in. Not knowing what had happened, Peter asked her, tell me, is this the price you and Ananias got for the land? Yes, it is. That is the price. <laughs> Come on. And Peter told, how could you? conspire to test the spirit of the Lord. Listen, he says, and there's an exclamation point there, so he gets pretty firm. Listen. The feet of the men who buried your husband at the door are coming to carry you out also. At that moment, she fell down and she died. Come on now. Boom. Listen, I'm not telling you not It's gone, okay? If that was to happen, like, y'all quiet, like, oh, snap. But I'm just telling you, in our lives, in our lives, there's times in our lives where we grieve and we lie to the Holy Spirit. Our mind, our mind, how is it that our mind overrules the heart? How is that happening? I'm going to talk about it. Then the young man came in, and they find her dead. They carried her out beside her husband, and great fear seized the whole church and all who heard about these events. Let me tell you something. If this started happening at, at Res Life, people would be getting real quick at God, real quick at the altars. Come on now, this is... Uh, this stuff is, is crazy, man, what God did. I'm just telling you, God is a gracious God. God could take you out at any moment. You keep lying. You keep trying to grieve the Holy Spirit. God could take you out. I want to encourage you. Man, a gifted tongue is a person that really tells the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth, so help us God. They're trying to take that out of a pledge now. They're trying to take God out of everything they can around this nation. I'm telling you right now, I, I keep praying, God, will you silence the idiots? And then he looked at me and he says, be careful. And I'm like, I got you. <laughs> but there's a funny thing. This mind, this, if you'd study the scripture, the mind is mentioned in the Bible 121 times in 114 verses. The mind. But the heart is mentioned 570 times in 541 different verses. The heart quadruples. It just keeps on going because the Bible talks about get this right. This will overrule this when you're in relationship with God. 
It will. When you get your mind right, your heart, your heart is in a place. When your heart is right, your mind will get in a place where it will submit to what God has. Acts chapter 5, let me give you this. How is it that Satan has filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit? How many have ever been in a position where you know it's the right thing and you don't do it? Just think about this. You know it's the right thing. It's, a, it's, the, it's the purpose thing. It's not a, well, you know, I'm not a preacher. I'm, not, I'm just telling you, I believe a couple weeks ago, Mike Benson was saying a few weeks ago, is don't, do not lie to yourself. Be honest to God's word, period. And he gets away. Dude, he's huge. There's no way I can walk up to somebody and say, listen, here's what God told me. They'd be like, <laughs> you? Benson walks up and it's like, oh, snap. Okay, whatever you got, man. Because he's just all that. And some people can get away with it, some people can't. But if you're in the right spirit and the right mind and you have the right heart, God opens up that door at that opportunity for you and you will be the witness be able to be for God. And you will have it coming out of your heart, the mind. Let's talk about the mind a second. It says this. I want to talk about soul, mind, and strength. Mark chapter 12. I've got a lot of these for you. Mark chapter 12. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength, this is the first of the commandments. It's in there. Love the Lord with all your mind. Anxiousness, anxious mind, is Luke chapter 12, 29. And do not seek what you should eat, or rather what you should drink, nor have an anxious mind. An anxious mind. See, I think this is where I think a lot of us have us. I'm, I'm speaking to me, man. Because I'm trying to think of a lot of things. I'm trying to think of how to minister. I'm trying to think of how to talk to somebody. I'm trying to think of how sometimes it can borderline manipulation. Come on, man. It can borderline manipulation, especially when you're talking to somebody and you say that you have the right words. You don't. But you're trying to frame them in such a way that they sound like God. How many know what I'm talking about? Please, let's be honest. You know, I'm not asking you to do what anybody else asks because there's so many great speakers. And Pastor Tom, thanks for letting me have a Rick, great introduction. I don't know if I could ever reverb that again, but that was pretty cool. It was kind of scary, to tell you the truth. But there's times where we hear speakers and we hear people talk. And I'm just telling you from my heart that there's times where my mind races past my heart. And my mind gets anxious. I'm thinking, I'm sitting with people, and they're asking me all the time, I don't know how you do it, how do you preach in this? Man, I'm worried about my bills, I'm worried about my rent, I'm worried about this, I'm worried about that. And I'm like, quit being anxious, quit jumping ahead of things. Will you let your heart be at peace because God says you're a child of the king? He will not leave you nor forsake you. He's as close as the mention of your, his name, his name. And I, I love it when, when David finally gets his life right. He doesn't say, Lord, restore the joy of salvation. He says, restore the joy of your salvation. David's talking to God. Jesus, Holy Spirit is there. Anxiousness, anxiousness is, is a sin. Be anxious of nothing, the Bible says. But anxiousness is a sin. And when we get anxiety, man, we stir the whole nest. Your anxiety stirs everybody around you to become nervous. How many, does anybody know what I'm talking about? How many of you own businesses? When you're owning businesses and everybody sees your action or your, how you're taking it and you're handling things, you don't think it puts them on edge? Anxiety spreads, man. It spreads like a sin. And I'm telling you right now, quit being anxious of anything. Will you trust the Lord with your heart? 
You got to get this out of your mind. You got to allow yourself to. I, I, I minister to people all the time in prison. I'll say what happened. Here's what they say. I lost my mind. You know, there's a song a long time ago. It's like, uh, here she come now. She walking down the street singing, do what did he? Huh? She looked good. She looked fine. She looked good. She looked fine. And I nearly lost my mind. Women will mess you up. How many know that? And I'm on this podcast. I'm telling you straight up. Women will mess you up. Especially if they're not in alignment with God. Oh, snap. I'm just telling you right now, sedu- seductive? You don't think there's seductive spirits? You don't think that you're in a restaurant and people wearing clothes that are serving you that you look at? Come on, do- let's be men. Let's be men, man. Your mind starts to wander. Things start to happen. Then you come back to reality and you're like, stop that. The mind of the law, the law says this, that Romans chapter 7, 23, it says, but I see another law in many members warning against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in the many members, Romans chapter 7, 23. How about a sound mind? The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 13, for if you are beside ourselves, if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. If we are of sound mind, it is for you. A sound mind will change everything. How about the same mind? I think we have the same mind in this place. Nevertheless, Philippians 3.16. I'm going to give you a lot of stuff you can talk about next week at your table. Nevertheless, to the degree of what you already attained, let us walk the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. And that's the mind of Christ. How many can tell when people are fidgety and you're talking to them that there's not always the same mind in Christ? Especially when you confront a brother or something, you say something like, listen, what happened? How did that happen? Like, what happened in your life? I've known you for a long time, and you see this look like this. I lost my mind. The Bible says to have the same mind. You know what I, I've learned a long time ago is I, I, my friends, my, how many I had friends in high school? Secular friends, secular friends, you were Christian. I had secular friends in high school. I had secular friends in high school, but they knew where the line was. They knew where I did not go. They knew that I did not happen. In fact, there's a commercial out right now. I just saw it the other day. There's a lot of these little commercials of like these, the NASCAR driver dudes. Have you seen these commercials? And they're drinking like Heineken. How many have seen this? And they're all having these Heinekens and it's represented a commercial. And the driver just says, nope, not going to have it. And they're like, come on, man, just one. Nope, not going to have it. And they said, why? Because I'm still driving. Now, some people are like, what, what the heck is that? Listen, I don't care if it's a commercial. I understand the publicity of that. I understand the salesman of that. But when you learn as men to have the same mind as Christ and you learn to say no, later in your life, you'll have all the yeses come. You'll be able to lead the enemies in your life to Jesus. Because when you have the same mind of each other, even in friendship, and you find that one friend, listen, I have a board of three guys that are my best friends, my bestest friends. I don't even know if it's a word, but my bestest friends forever. I mean, ever since we were little guys, we were raised in the church together, everything. One of my best, my best, best friend was raised on fifth, uh, on, on South Main Street. We went to school since fifth grade. When I led this young man to Jesus, we became the same mind. But I'm telling you, when we weren't, when he wasn't, he was out of his mind. But I knew where to draw the line, and I knew that he came back to me later in life and said, I'm a mess. I, I, I need help. I need help. And I know that you have it. Friends, I don't have all the answers, but I'll tell you what, i got a sound mind in Christ. Do I make mistakes? Am I crazy? Am I sometimes put the I in idiot? Yes. 
people that know me, you know me. But I'm just saying to you that when our heart is right and it's fixed, it comes with a sound mind of Christ. How about a wicked mind? Colossians 1.21. And you who once had, were uh, allegiant, excuse me, alienated in your enemies in your mind by wicked works. Yet now he has reconciled the body of his flesh through death to present you holy, to present you blameless and above reproach in his sight. Once we had a wicked mind, a wicked works, God says, I changed that. Reconciliation, a fleshly mind. Colossians chapter 2, 18, 19. Let no one cheat you of your reward. Take delight in uh, false humility and worship of the angels. Entreating those... Things which you have not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind, excuse me, and not holding fast to the head, from whom all the body, nourished and knit together the joints and ligaments, grow into the increase that is from God. Our fleshly mind, our fleshly mind. I had two slides I wanted to show, and somehow, I must be totally illiterate when it comes to computers. I plugged the flash drive in, I pulled these two pictures over, and I'll tell you this story in a second about the mind versus the change of the heart. So that's the mind. The mind is, this can be wicked. How many know the mind can be wicked? And don't lie to yourself. You know, your wife says something to you. You're like, I like to take and just. I love you, babe. In your mind, you're thinking, I'd like to hurt you right now. Because she's thinking that too. Only she's saying it. You know what I'm saying? You can't say it because you're going to get hit. But you're thinking it. Come on now. Don't lie to me. You know, you, you have a son that's really messing up. You're like, I like to take him out back. I like to beat the snot out of him. And then your mind goes back to, he's just like me. How many know what I'm talking about? And that little daughter comes up and like, Dad, and you're like, yeah, I'd like to beat you too. You're not doing right. Dude. I love you, baby. You're my angel. You're lying right through your teeth. The mind can be messed up. The heart, though. How about a pure heart? The Bible says in, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 8, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. God, give me a pure heart. Give me an undefiled heart, Lord. Matthew chapter 12, verse 34. Brood of vipers. How can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. What's ever in your heart is going to come out. How about without evil thoughts? Matthew chapter 5, excuse me, 15. Matthew 15, 19, 20. For out of the heart produces evil thoughts, murder, adultery, fornication, thefts, false witness, blasphemes. How is it that I get these, how do I get these evil thoughts in my heart and mind? How is it happening? I'm, I'm walking with God. I'm, 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 I'm nurturing myself in God. I'm listening to God. I'm reading his word every day. But these thoughts keep coming out. You know, I, I learned a long time ago. I'm in, I'm in a new kind of uh, Bible study right now every morning for my devotional time. And I bring a little tablet. I have a little tablet right there with a pen. And how many know when you start going to devotion sometimes, uh, things come up? Like the devil's so dumb. Let me just say this to you. He, he puts the eye in it. He's, he's, he's ignorant. But he's my best secretary. He's the best secretary I've ever had in my life. And I've had about four or five in different churches. He's the best. Because every time I get myself in fellowship with God, stuff comes in. And so I just have a pen now, and I have a piece of paper and pen, and I write down, take out the garbage. Oh, I should have picked up the laundry, pick up the dry clean. Come on now. 
You told your wife you were going to shampoo that carpet, shampoo the carpet. Then once that's out, once he's attacked me, he's so dumb. He attacks me the first five minutes when I open the Bible. How many know what I'm talking about? And then once you get that list done is when you have communion with God. Because your mind is clear now and your heart is set. And now you can say, okay, I got it all out. Thank you, devil. Thank you for reminding me of this stuff I forgot about. Come on. It's good. There's those things we forget about. The devil starts to remind us about because he's that nuts, okay? He wants to mess you up from doing the work of the Lord. I've had people tell me all the time, listen, I believe God told me to go down to the inner city and to minister with these kids, but I'm not sure it's the Lord. What? I want to say, well, oh, the devil told you to buy everybody in the restaurant Starbucks coffee. Big B. He told you to do that. It was the devil that gave you the joy of that, right? People, listen. When God starts directing, it's God's direction. When the devil starts to taunt you, when the thoughts come in of like ignorant thoughts and, and death thoughts and those kind of, that is not of God. Get that out of your mind. Get that out of your heart. He's a good God. He's a great God. He's a, he's a pure God. He's a truthful God. And if there's stuff you got to get out, you got to do that. Evil thoughts, non-trouble thoughts. Peace I leave with you. John chapter 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Not as the world gives it to you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. Neither let it be afraid. I watch Hannity at night. I, I, I kind of like Hannity. Every time Hannity turns it over to Laura, he always, he always finishes with this. Let not your heart be troubled. How many have ever seen Hannity? I know y'all like maybe some of y'all CNN people here, but I, I don't listen to the devil. So here's what happens. I'm just, I'm not trying to be political. I'm just trying to be real with you. My gosh, every time I watch it, it's like, <laughs> yeah. and at least the other side has something of like, listen, here's what happened today. Let not your heart be troubled. Man, when you quit work, anxiety, worrying is not of God. It's not of God, man. And we're starting 2019. We're in the heart month. We're in February. You all better do something big for your, your girl. I'll just tell you that. Remind you. Let not your heart be hardened. Matthew, Mark chapter 652. For they had not understood about the lows because their heart was hardened. A hardened heart. A rejoicing heart though. How about this one? Acts chapter 226. Therefore my heart rejoiced and my tongue was glad. Moreover my flesh will also rest in hope. Oh, man, I'm just telling gentlemen, I believe in our culture today that it's both. It's a mind issue and it's a heart issue. And when my heart is in line with the word of God, my heart is in line with kingdom, it overrules my mind. When my heart is pure before God, and I'm telling you, it takes some times to get there. Because the devil's throwing everything at us. I mean, you drive. Listen, Victoria has no more secrets. But it's amazing how in the mall we know exactly where it's at. I don't go there, but I'll just tell you what, second floor. <laughs> Down past the movie theater, you want to hit the corner there. And... I mean, people say it, okay? Guard your minds, 
Lead with your heart, trust your heart. I want to finish with a story. I was in Baltimore, Maryland. I don't even know if I told it last time, but I was in Baltimore. I was six miles away from this whole Black Lives Matter movement started. You know what I'm talking about? The whole Rodney Brown, and I was six miles away from there in another inner city part. There's gangs. There's a church called Restoration Church. It was phenomenal. There's a little tiny parking lot here where they park, and then there's a grocery store in the corner, and there's all these row houses across the street. And as you look across the street, you'll see gangs there, gangs on that side, and gangs Listen, friends, unless you know the inner city, you don't know what I'm talking about. It's not like Grand Rapids. And they're there, but it's not like sitting in Grand Rapids. By the grace of God, if it opens up in March, I'm going to be going to Chicago where MS-13 is heavy. And there's a church that wants to start ministering. They asked me if I'd come preach, and the date hasn't been set. But, gentlemen, if you could pray for something, in March I have an opportunity to go to Chicago. Am I nervous? A little nervous. I'm not anxious. I'm nervous. Some of you are like, it's the same thing. I don't think it's the same thing. Because I trust God. And I go to the inner cities and I start, the bands are playing, they get done, I start preaching. I'm preaching. And as I'm preaching, I'm watching little tiny four and five year old kids going like this, taking money, putting it in their pocket, and giving it to the, the, the drug lords. They're on every street corner, I'm telling you. They're all different colors. You see the tattoos. You see all the stuff. They're hardcore. And I watched one gentleman on the street, on the sidewalk, walking back and forth while I'm speaking, just walking back and forth like this. He had a cane, and he had a little bit of a limp, and he's walking back and forth. And he's walking back and forth, and I'm like, man, this something's going to happen with this guy. He's been trying to come to the church. He's been a part of the church as far as when they have their meals and their clothes giveaway. We do all that at these big outreaches, but he was there that day. And when I started preaching, I watched, I watched him a lot because I'm going to tell you in a second why I, he caught my eye but I'm watching him now while I'm preaching because he's now like a like like the ducks he's going back and forth if I had a gun I try to shoot him because he was just moving like this real anxious all of a sudden when I started preaching all of a sudden when I started preaching his spirit started getting itchy and as I'm preaching I'm looking at him I'm thinking man what is it with this guy and and he turned sideways and he he half of his a quarter of his skull was gone like it was, it was in, I can't even explain his round. It was like if you cut and you cut down, about this much of his skull was gone. You could see the hole. And I, man, I messed up with the pictures because I had them. I can show you on my phone. I'm serious. And his skull was gone. What they told me was when his, that on the streets, because I had asked somebody before I preached, I asked him as I saw him. And they said, well, he's lost his sister to the gangs. Shot and killed his brother to gangs. His father was killed. His mother was raped and abused by a gang member. And he was fleeing the scene of one of the things one time, a transaction with drugs. And he was shot and he had two bullets stuck in his skull. And they put him in a hospital, major surgery after surgery after surgery. And they had to remove part of it. I don't even understand this. You're a doctor. I don't understand how this can happen. But they removed part of his brain and that part of his skull. I'm thinking, how does this guy even walk it? Like, you move a brain. I, I, I'm not thinking, I'm thinking, you move and touch the brain. It's like, you're, you're done. Okay, they're coming to get you. I saw him walk. He talked perfect. I watched this. I'm thinking, oh, my gosh. But when it came to leading to Jesus, all of a sudden I said, nothing but the blood of Christ. And when I said that, he turned and looked at me. And he yelled, I've heard it before, but... I understand it now. And he came running to the altar. I didn't even give an altar call. Hello. 
comes running. We had a cross. There's nails. They, they nail stuff to a cross. He comes running, and he falls on the ground. i got to show you these pictures. I got him. And he falls on the ground, and he says, I, gotta, I need to come to Christ. I've been running. I've been coming to this church. I've been asking for stuff, asking, but now, today, I want to find Jesus. I need him in my heart, in my life. My mind has been messed up, but now my heart is fixed. Now, how does that happen? How does that happen? I looked at him. I'm telling you, I wanted to take a picture. I didn't want it to, I couldn't take a picture because it'd be like, you know, hey, let me, can I take a picture first? I want to lead you to Jesus. But let me, this is unbelievable. Man, your head, what the heck? Let me take a picture because people won't believe me. So just smile for me or whatever you got to do. No, I'm not going to do that. Somebody else did, though. I got their picture. So I wanted to make sure I had. Because I, I don't violate people like that. I'm not like that. Like, and I wasn't staring at him like this, but I was watching. And now I looked at him, and you know what he said to me? For the first time in my life, I heard God say, I'm going to give you a clean mind now that your heart is pure. How does that happen, friends? Only by the blood of Jesus. A person with three quarters of their brain, one part gone, skull, part of skull gone, comes and has an epiphany with God and a clean mind. I just called, that was back, that was back like in, in say like October. I just called about two weeks ago and I was asking the church about setting up for the next year. We're going to go back. And they said, hey, you know so-and-so. And I said, no, I don't know. So well, the guy with the part of his skull gone, I'm like, oh, yeah, I didn't get his name. Because I wasn't going to do that. I wasn't like, come me your name. You're going to take a picture so nobody believe me. I'm saying, okay. And they said, he would not believe how radical He's not afraid. He's walking different. He doesn't have the cane anymore. God's done a total transformation of his life because his heart finally, after all this time working with him, it took a little guy coming from Michigan that set his life straight with Jesus. It ain't about me, man. It's about what God can do. But I was just a voice that day to be able to say even man at reload. Guys, we hear it all the time. We can preach to it almost every other week. Listen, friends, I know. I sit there like, it's just, we're hearing the same things. When are we going to do it? Your life should never be the same. After a relationship with Jesus, I'm looking right at you, my friend. I don't know where you've been, but I'm telling you what, when you rest in God, you'll never be tired again. I'm, I, it's just a mind. When I conquer my mind, this right here, and I believe it in my heart, I can change anything. I, it'll come out of your mouth because of the abundance of the heart. The mouth speaks. What are we speaking, gentlemen? Father, today I just thank you so much that we have an opportunity to be in one same mind, sound mind. I'm not going to lie to you, God. I'm not going to come before you. I'm not going to do like Ananias and Sapphira. There's no way I'm going to stand before you and lie to the Holy Spirit and grieve the Holy Spirit. Not going to happen. And Lord, when those times come and we're all there, when those times start to rise up, we're like, mm, we start to bite our tongue. Lord, let the truth come out that our mind does not capture what's in my heart. I overruled you, mind. I discipline you, mind. I discipline you. I read, I study, I fast to discipline you, mind, so that my heart is right with God and my mind is in line with the things of Jesus Christ and the word of God. Touch my mind versus my heart today, God. In Jesus' name I pray.